So welcome everybody to a special episode of the Silver Savage, special to me. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off script today. Uh, this is going to be somewhat of a personal confession, I guess, somewhat of a leadership lessons to others. Um, I'm sure there's going to be topics that we're going to be elaborating on in the future, but following some conversations I had with other people, you know, Michael, who's actually in the room today, making sure the audio actually works fine. Uh, conversations I've had with Steve over the past, I don't know, about 15 years, and just other people that I've been um, reaching out to recently um, kind of made me face some truths. And instead of hiding behind a persona that I kind of like to project out there, figured uh, what better platform than to um, come clean how I feel about things than uh, doing it on a podcast. So um, this is going to be a lot about me. Steve is just going to look pretty like he always does, mm -hmm. um, but uh, I'm sure he's going to chime in at some point. So um, so this is how the whole thing went about. I, In my discussions with people, I realized that I am not seeing what everybody else is seeing. And I know in the past I was laughing and joking. I said, I don't have PTSD. Steve has it. <laughs> Fucking, he wants to kill kittens and whatnot. But I, I know you. I'm just kidding. But I don't have it. I don't see a shrink which i probably should and i don't um have nightmares um, at least not that i recall um you can ask tyler and other people that share the night with me if they feel differently um but i guess at the end of the day i do have trauma but it just manifests itself differently i think in my mind it really comes into how i interact with people um and how i set goals for myself and what my expectations are and i think that's really the the trauma that I carry with me. But um, I'm going to take a step back and I'm actually going to share a little bit of history with our listeners. So we, we started this podcast and we did a very brief intro, but we we assumed that everybody knows us, right? And, right. and Steve, you're going to share your your background in uh, in a different episode. That God but, help um, everyone who hears God it. help them, yeah. But uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about me. So obviously, born and raised in Israel, um, I always joke that that's why I speak funny. Um, I thought you were Canadian. I am Canadian, but okay. we don't share that. But I spent, at this point, half my life in America. I still speak funny. Um, but I grew up in a very privileged and entitled kind of environment. So I grew up in a middle-upper-class neighborhood, right? Lived in a penthouse in a high-riser. Yeah, Northern I was actually Carolina. quite surprised when you showed this neighborhood that you grew up yeah. in. Um, so I had a cushion life, right? Almost to a fault because everything I wanted, I was given to. And... You know, a few years back, I went through a phase where I was blaming my parents for all my issues. I'm like, if they weren't to give me everything, every successful individual out there went through some sort of discomfort and challenges and whatever, and I didn't. And that's why I'm not successful. But to, to be honest, I, I can't blame my parents. They gave me every opportunity to excel. I just didn't take advantage of it. And when we put it in context, think about their parents being Holocaust survivors. They came from scarcity, right? And they were trying to give their kids everything that they didn't have. So... Um, as I'm, I'm reflecting now, I'm super grateful for everything my parents did for me. And the only person I can blame is myself for not taking advantage. I had access to the best athletic programs, academic programs, um, and I just didn't want to do it. If there's any anything I would say is maybe maybe my parents should have pushed me a little bit harder. But at the end of the day, that is not on them. That's on me. I was not self-driven enough. The way things are, though, in, uh, in Israel, at least, uh, everybody serves in the military at 18. So you finish high school and you go in. And I, um, 
I was that little fat kid that everybody bullied, made fun of. I guess that's the extent of my challenging childhood. But uh, but no medical issues, so I knew I'm going to end up in a combat unit. And uh, probably junior year of high school, I decided I'm going to start working out a little bit, so I can I can try and you know not die first day of basic training. <laughs> and um, and you 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 start testing into specialized units, including being a pilot, uh, our version of Navy SEALs, our version of Delta, our version of depart- uh, rescue jumpers. You do all that while still in high school. And I started attending those tests and actually passing them to my surprise, if certainly to a lot of other people's surprise. And, uh, and I ended up serving in a, in a very elitish unit, right? And, and I owe a lot of who I am and what I do today to my military service, right? My... Um, my training was lengthy. Um, it certainly shaped who I am. It certainly wasn't easy. It was, um, there were a lot of nights where I questioned myself. But it was the first time in my life where I'm like, you know what, I, I'm not going to give up on that one. I'm going to keep trying and, and see how far I can make it before they boot me out. And they never booted me out, so I ended up actually making it. Um, but there were a lot, of, a lot of nights where I was doing some deep, searching, trying to figure out who I am, what I want to be, what I want to do. And uh, and at the end of the day, I got some amazing training. I got amazing opportunities. I got amazing um, experiences. And and I guess when people talk about trauma, right, so as an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid, seeing combat, seeing battles, seeing people getting killed, having to kill people, you know, it's not a natural uh, progression of an American child, let's say, right, or American teen going through that process. A lot of people always say that you shouldn't let the military, if you serve the military, define your identity, right? And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I owe pretty much everything I am today and do today to my military service. All the skills we teach, right, that's direct results from the military. The drive I have to to excel and grow, that's a direct result of the military. The way I want to lead my and manage my teams, not always successfully, but the way I want to do it, I owe to the military. So I have no problem in tying my identity to the military, but more so defining myself as a as a warrior, right? And and I guess that's the stuff that you and I, Steve, discussed in the past many times, which what started the Silver Savages, we're finding ourselves now as a lot of people in our demographics, I would say, right? Being warriors without a war, right? It's very easy for us to channel those energy skill sets and drive when, when there's a mission, there's a goal, there's a team. And and a lot of it is not even driven by you. It's from, you know, comes from higher up, go do this, and you just have to come up with how to do it, and you go and do it. So it's pretty easy, right? And all of a sudden, you're in your mid-20s, early 30s, and in our cases, 40s, and there's no more mission, there's no more bad guys that you have to slay. There's no team that you can necessarily, you know, go and and talk to after and share those experiences with and and it kind of isolates you. Right. And we turn to to withdraw and and you and I have these conversations because you go for your phases. I go for my phases and again they manifest themselves differently. But you know when I go for that low and I mm-hmm. know when you go through your lows. Right. Um and and, and I guess, in retrospect, my military service and those experiences, that trauma, uh, which we, I can, I guess, can certainly frame it as such, is what 
defines my relationships today. And I guess that's the key of what I want to talk about is the way I was trained, the way I led, the way I was led uh, defines how I interact with others today, right? How do I interact with my family? How do I interact with my friends? How do I interact with my colleagues? How do I run my company? Um, you know, that is all direct result from that. And something that was thrown in my face many times, you said it before, Michael has said it, and this past week a few other people said it, and I guess um, that is what prompted this podcast, is that um, the idea of chaos, right? You always said that chaos is your quiet, mm -hmm. and I always admitted that I operate best at chaos, right? It's when that tragedy happens, whether being a personal uh, one or a business one, um, that's where I excel. That's where I can maintain my cool. And I'm like, I got this. I can navigate this. This I know, right? But when things are not chaotic, I go back into a a state of uh, apathy almost where things are just rolling so I don't need to do anything. So there's very extreme highs and lows, very extreme peaks of performance and then valleys of mundane activity. And... And what people also pointed out is if there is no chaos, because I know I thrive on chaos, I start creating my own chaos. I create issues and problems where there aren't any, just so I can operate in a condition that I'm used to and I feel comfortable at. Um, and that is a challenge, right? As I start talking about leadership and, and mentor others and try to run my own companies, it is not the ideal way of doing things where you <laughs> try to create chaos in order to... Uh, to reach a goal, right? So learning lessons from that and applying becomes key. The, the challenge was that I can't articulate always what I thinking to others, right? Unless they shared our experiences, right? It's hard for people to understand what is going through my mind or why am I thinking a certain way or why do I want things done a certain manner? And that certainly comes into play at work. And, and you... You know, I, I keep pointing at you, Steve, because you're actually one of the few that does share my experiences and, and understands where I'm coming from. So it was easy for me to talk to you and manage you in a sense, right? And, you know, I, I view you as a brother and a colleague and a partner on all accounts. But um, by the end of the day, if I needed something done to the company and I, I knew I can go to you and say, this is what I need done, this is what I want to get done, and, and you get it done, right? I might complain but I'll get it done. Yeah, that's because you're a Marine and that's what you do. Yeah, it's it's protocol. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know what? But think about leading leading other people that worked at our company over the years and the challenges and why there was such turnover with some people because they couldn't handle my management style because they did not understand where, where I'm coming right. from, what's going on in my mind, right? Um, and that means expectations. That means work ethics. That means um, production of, of results, right? So... Um, there was a there was a disconnect which certainly affected those relationships. It also came into play with relationships, right? I'm on my four or five. I'd like to think that I learned my lessons and I am doing better. Fifth I point. was the fourth. You're you're always gonna be on the side. So it's like a four and a half. <laughs> I just, I just, I just want to make it clear and on the record. Is this legal in Utah? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um no, but seriously, relationships were, were a challenge, right? When you are trying to explain to someone why you are not feeling well or why you want to go and hang out with certain people or do certain things when they did not share those experiences. and they Or can, not hang out with certain people. 100%. We'll right? save that for me. Yep. No, no, but 100%. That's a, that's a big one. <laughs> um, 
you know, ex ex wives will attest to the fact that I am not an easy person to deal with. And and you know what? It took me forever to learn. And one thing that Tyler is very good at, and I give her so much credit for, is she she learned to give me the space. So I always told my ex wives, and I told Tyler as well when we got together, is I will shut down. And if you want me to open up, you got you got to pry at some point to a certain extent, right? What I neglected to say is that if I need space, I need space, and you need to learn. But I can't articulate when I need the space and when I need them to pry, right? And Tyler intuitively, not intuitively, there were some trial and errors there and some some hard nights, but um, she's very good now at understanding, okay, right now, PK needs a space. I'm going to come and pry tomorrow when right. he had an opportunity to kind of reflect on things. Um, but... The way I think and the way other people do not think certainly affected a lot of relationships. Relationships in my kids, right? My expectations from them. I've, I've had a challenge these past couple of weeks with one of my sons getting into fights. And on one end, I'm super proud because he just took on eight kids that are older than him. I think we all were. Yeah, right? But, but on the flip side is now he keeps doing that because I was right. proud of him for doing it. Well, I don't know if that's the reason, right? But I certainly will take certain responsibility for it. Well, he's getting affirmation from his dad. So, right. you know. So, you know, my expectations from them uh, academically, um, athletically, uh, behaviorally for for certain. And they obviously have lived for a divorce. So, and pretty fresh, right, between me and their mother. So that's, that's affecting. And I don't. I'm not an educator by trade. I'm not a loving, caring, you know, nurturing Although I try, uh, but it comes in waves, right? Again, those peaks and valleys. So, um, like a teddy bear covered in needles. I think I like that analogy. But not, not completely sure. covered, but there's a couple. More in there. like barbed wire. Yeah, barbed I could wire. go with barbed wire. Yeah, right. um, there's some fluffy parts in there. But uh, but yeah, so so that was always an issue, right? And and a lot of it is the way I see them i see their potential the way i see you and i see your potential the way i see you know my relationship and potential in the company and its potential and i keep comparing myself to that potential and i'm not quite there right we're in the military if i had a mission that is the potential right and mission accomplished good we have reached goal right there isn't anything above that in life that doesn't work that no, way right so what i forget to do is compare myself into what i already accomplished sometimes and that's also hard right um so so where does that put me now right so all that long story about all the challenges i have with with myself for certain with other people um you know uh, as well is where does that put me now and the first thing is I am not denying my identity being tied to the military and I'm not ashamed of it. And I am actually proud to be able to share the skills that we teach with others. And I think that's always going to be there. I think one thing that's unique about what we do is that we can bring that real life experience. We can bring that affirmation um, and we, we can relate. I mean, if I teach a skill, it's, I've done that skill. <laughs> somebody pointed a gun to my face. Somebody took me to the ground. Somebody, you know, tried to take my gun away from me. Somebody attacked me with a knife, right? And got punched in the face with the muzzle of an AR, you know? Shit happens. But that's the, I think that's the value that we bring. And what gives me a lot of pride, joy, and satisfaction is being able to teach. I like teaching women self-defense. I mean, when we have victims of domestic violence come in all shy and timid and we give them a little bit of empowerment, 
They walk away just a little bit straighter, just a little bit more assured of themselves. You know, that's what we do, what we do. Teaching cops is fun and sexy, but they already have that, you right. know. Uh, but teaching the stay-at-home mom, teaching the corporate, you know, um, 50-year-old individual that's coming in because he's a little bit out of shape and never really been challenged, and now we, we can give him some skills. So, um, so I, I love doing that, right? But what I'll, I have to learn to do is I need to learn to take a step back and separate my expectations from myself from my expectations from others, right? I need to know that not everybody's been through the same and nobody's looking at what we're doing or what we're trying to accomplish in the same manner or from the same lens. What also I need to learn is that other people value what we do. I sometimes don't see it, right? I, no, I, I don't either. Right? Oh, I, I can give you so much more, but they're just so thankful for what they've already been given. And I experienced that when you said, I mean, Indiana, you know. Yeah, and people love it, right? Yeah. So, but but we're like, oh, but that two-day class could have been a week class. There's so exactly. much more stuff that we could have exactly. given you, right? <laughs> um, so we need to learn to separate that, right? Um, I need to learn not to create chaos. And by that, what I mean is I know what's going to create a chaos. I know how to create a chaos. So how about I set up the processes that would solve that chaos before the chaos happens, right? So I'm working a lot with Michael, actually, on setting those processes in place so we we avoid those peaks and valleys and have more of a standardized kind of growth, right? So so maybe that peak is not as much of a peak, but it's an upright trajectory, but it's long-lasting and we don't have those same uh, valleys coming up, right? I'm putting a lot of stock into my relationships right now. So as you guys been seeing, I, I spend a lot more time with my kids, more than I've ever had in the past, even though I don't have them full-time. I feel like the time with them right now is so much more meaningful. Going to run I've, I've seen the difference. Yeah, I've said it before. I'm I, super grateful yeah. for that. Honestly, that gives me so much joy. My relationship with my wife, um, you know, I'm making that a priority. So I, I feel like that is a big, a big lesson learned from me. And as I move forward and I, I teach more on self-defense, but also leadership and management and, and just working with, we mentor a few people that run other schools, right? teaching them how to set proper expectation and communication skills, right? It's funny how I teach others. I learn myself. That's oftentimes how we learn best, right? Um, so I think that has been uh, huge for me. So I guess to, to summarize kind of like a long monologue in a sense is we need to own our past and we need to not shy away from it or, you know, I keep saying we, it's certainly I, you've done a good job of at least admitting that you have those demons and trying to do something about it. Successful or unsuccessful is a different story, right? But you admit it to them. I, I mean, you heard me on this podcast multiple times yeah, say, I don't have trauma. I don't but, have But it's that. like you said, right, in, in helping others, you, you know, acknowledge yeah. things. And that's what happened to me. It wasn't because I chose to. It was because it slapped me in the face. So I've been slapped in the face by you many times. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been slapped in the face by Michael at least the past year several times. <laughs> yes. And in the past few weeks, other people have just been calling me out on stuff. And and on one end, I'm like, what the fuck is going on that everybody is fucking <laughs> trying to <laughs> shove in my face this reality, which I'm grateful for because I've obviously tried to ignore it for the longest time and, and pretend it's not there, that I don't have those issues or those problems where it's obvious that I do. And... Um, and it forces me now to to learn from it and move forward and grow from it. And I think that's the the biggest takeaway, right? I 
I, I put in a post yesterday on social media, but we should not be today where we were yesterday, and I should be tomorrow the same place I am today, right? Uh, we should grow and learn every day. Um, yes, whatever it is. Butterfly post. Yeah. Did you say stupid? No, I read them. Oh, before you said stupid. I'm like, I love my butterfly post. No, that was a great post. Thank you. We've talked about this. Remember when the cicadas came? Yeah. <laughs> same same <laughs> concept. There's, there's another statement that I heard recently, which really resonated is that uh, the same person doesn't walk in the same river twice. Either the person has changed or the river has moved, right? Typically both, right? But the idea is that the circumstances are always different and mm -hmm. we should always be evolving. And uh, and I'm certainly, the river that I'm in today is vastly different than the one that was last year or the year before, right? The company is different. My relationship is different. Me, I'm different. Um, so I'm looking at it all as an opportunity. And this is kind of like my promise to to everybody listening to this and certainly to you guys in the room, Michael and Stephen, as my uh, my partners in crime, my, my colleagues, Amasada and Silver Savage and all our other endeavors is that um, I'm taking the steps that I need to take um, to to be better for you, to be better for myself. And, and for our students. And for and students. But all of my relationships, exactly. right? But 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 really you guys are here in the room with right. me, so I'm I'm giving it at you. But I also would hope that you guys hold me accountable in that sense and, and call me out, which you've been doing a good job at just I've I've learned that over the time. Because in the beginning, again, being from that same cloth right cut from the same cloth it's like all right i know what he's going through he's, he'll get over it now it's like no because again different battlefield different space so now it's like no i gotta call him on i gotta stand up and call him on i know you're not gonna get pissed at me in the past it's like oh he's gonna get pissed and butt hurt or something like that now it's like no which i probably would have yeah. and i probably may still do so but i won't take it in a negative manner right. so like, and, and i've learned that you right. you learn that over time yeah. so i know i know you want what's best for me and uh, as i do for you and um and I'll be interested in a year from now recording a similar podcast and seeing where we are, seeing what transformation and changes have occurred in me, in my relationships, and our business, and see uh, how much forward we've moved because of it. So this is coming straight from the heart. This was not, I put myself some bullet points, but certainly wasn't scripted, as you guys could hear. Um, just a lot of conversations going on, and it was time to, to admit to my flaws and faults and make myself a list of actionable steps I need to take to get better. And I hope you guys uh, learn something from it as well. Um, and as always, if you guys need assistance with setting goals or someone to slap you in the face and tell you the reality of where you are and where you need to be and also how far you've come from where you've been before, um, hit us up. Anything else? Yeah. Until next time. You're only human. Just a really badass one. <laughs> <laughs> Stay savage.